0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Natural Born Hunter podcast, and tonight, we're going to start out with this. Phil, what is better than getting 10% off on your Mountain Ops purchase?
1: Getting 11% off your Mountain Ops purchase?
0: That's true, and what's better than that?
1: Well, we can walk this all the way up, but let's just go ahead and jump right up to 20% off, Will.
0: Yes, let's not annoy our listeners by going (laughs) increment by increment until he gets 20%. (laughs) If you want 20% off your next purchase from Mountain Ops, go to GetMountainOps.com, enter the coupon code NBH20 at checkout, and boom, you get 20% off.
1: I encourage you to do so. I love my Mountain Ops.
0: Hell yeah, they've got great proteins, pre-workouts. they got little BCA pills that I love, multivitamins. I mean, if you want to get jacked, just take a little Yeti, and you will be well on your way.
1: That's it, man, and you can't beat the new flavor of the Yeti. So check it out, everybody. Once again, NBH 20 at checkout.
0: Also, uh, we are able to provide to you a pretty sweet gift code from maven optics which is nbh gift if you enter that at your checkout they will send you some free maven swag with your purchase i mean these are probably one of the hottest binoculars out there today they're fully customizable you know when it comes to camo patterns colors and not only that they're great glass i'm gonna have phil tell you a little bit more about that because he had a really nice expensive pair of binoculars and he sold them, and got himself yeah, some no, maintenance.
1: Absolutely, man. I mean, when you when you look at us as hunters, we want the best bang for our buck, right? And not everybody has fifteen hundred or two grand or twenty five hundred dollars to spend on a pair of optics. So why not get as close to the good the quality of what those two thousand dollar pair of binoculars are, for half the price? You know, I mean. Maven's put a excellent product together. They've eliminated the middleman and brought you, the hunter, you know, the best product they can put together and kept it in a reasonable price. So, and, and, you know, if you don't believe us, you know, they're out here, they're finishing first or second in, in all kinds of awards when they, they're putting their binoculars out there for an independent review. They just took second in a recent review on their spotting scope. And that's there was over 30 entries into that review. Uh, all the big boys were in there too, ladies and gentlemen. And Maven, yes, on their new spotting scope, took second place in there. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, you know, that they're they're putting out top-notch quality products. You know, I don't know what is. Listen to me, it's money. Listen to Will. You know, they're giving us they're giving us and our listeners the opportunity to. You know, look. If you're watching, check out this sweet hat I got on. I mean, that's a that's a that's a sweet hat right there I got with my binos, right? So, check it out, man. They're gonna kick you a free gift. I encourage you to support the companies that are really keeping the hunter in mind.
0: That's right. So it's for Mountain Ops NBH twenty for twenty percent off your purchase at checkout, and for Maven, it's NBH gift at checkout. Try them out. Maven
1: built yeah mavenbuilt.com that's
0: right that's right so get on over there and try them out and now go on and enjoy the show tonight's show guest is a man who has graced us with his presence before it's been a while and he's been up to a whole host of things and that man is the legend himself brandon morrison you may recognize him if you follow Lift Big, Eat Big on Instagram, Facebook, the website. You may recognize him as the big, hairy, strong guy from American Tarzan. Or perhaps you've just seen him somewhere on social media wearing a loincloth walking around in the woods. Or maybe you've been in those woods and you've just seen it in person. If so, I hope your eyes are doing well. Or a wig. Don't forget my wig. The wig. The wig. Oh, I forgot. My favorite. Fit girl. fit girl is my favorite
2: should have worn that
0: that would have been great just done the interview with fit girl (laughs) what
2: what was the inspiration for fit girl um just saw a girl with like underwear that looked like floss looking in the fridge for food at 2 a.m a full fridge talking about how there's nothing in the fridge i saw a photo of it so i copied like four stereotypical poses for fit girl poses um none of those for those
0: of us though who don't know what a fit girl pose is what is the mainstay of the fit girl poses
2: so there's three main fit girl poses (laughs) the first is um a side shot of your legs and your butt where you're trying to break your knee backwards to push your butt towards the camera and make your butt look bigger than it is. The second is um, facing away from the camera, sticking your rectum as close to the camera as possible and your back farther away. So your hips look small and your butt looks big. That's the look back, right? That's the look
0: back where you get that kind of cat arch in the back.
2: Yep. Basically, fit girl poses camera trickery. So um, a good way to see if someone has a butt is to just look at them straight on. So if there's angles up here, down here. You know what, I have a
0: favorite fit girl pose, and I see it a lot, and it's always Mm -hmm. someone with, like, they're at the gym. It's some fit girl who's got, like, that real bravado, like, lift harder than me. I don't need no man. Like, they usually come with a whole host of breast implants or a bra that's doing such a great job pushing up that you're, you're fooled. Fooled every time. And what, what I love is it's the face picture, right? Or it's something going on that's not really the picture. But all you get is cleavage. So it's got, like, the, just the top of oh. the eyes. But then all the cleavage is centered in the post. That's like my right. favorite fit girl pose. Great workout. I love yeah. top. <laughs> yeah, great. No, don't no <laughs> mention about the tank top. That wouldn't be a fit girl pose. It has to be, it has to say nothing about what they're actually trying to push in the photo and Just totally describe something else. That wouldn't be, see, it wouldn't be a fit girl pose if you said, check out my ass. It's a yeah, fit well, girl pose when you say, look at this fridge, and then it's nothing but your ass.
2: Right, like master. The only difference between a master and a failure is the master has failed more times than the loser has ever tried. But it's just a photo of boots.
0: Yeah, yeah, but so, I think I think that's like, more like Jim Bro. That's like a Jim Bro one. That's gym, So you got your Jim Bros, you got your fit girls, and see, I would put that in the Jim Bro. The Jim Bro, and I, I, I throw out Jim Bro. Phrases all the time gains if you're using gains you you may be throwing out some gym bro terms if you're using <laughs> the if you throw me to the wolves i'll come back leading the pack you're using gym bro terms so then you have the fit girls ones and the fit girls ones are like fit fierce and fun or something like that they got to be a little snappier a little shorter a little bit like um ah what was one oh, It's Is like
2: it- rub peanut butter on my butt or it's feed me peanut butter rub my butt give me pizza why don't i have a boyfriend
0: yes yes you have nailed <laughs> you have nailed the fit girl
2: like, so rare you want food and to be rubbed wow what a what a treat and peanut butter there's always
0: peanut butter there's usually maybe some halo top ice cream it, it, here, there, you'll see maybe some Skittles, Sour Patch Kids. Those will get thrown in every once in a while with the if it fits your macro hashtag. That would be what I would consider the typical fit girl.
2: Well, what I think about that stuff is there's an Instagram called uh, You Did Not Eat That for oh, photos that. of really fit women posing with foods that they most likely are not eating. Do um, you like,
0: think that happens?
2: Oh, yeah, like makeup, head to toe. Pretending like you just woke up and there's a pizza next to you in bed and you're like covered in makeup and the lighting is perfect, you did not eat that. But um, typically, I think the more someone talks about something, um, the less they actually do it. Not like hunting and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, if you're constantly talking about how much you eat donuts or how much you don't care that everyone knows you eat donuts, it's probably something you do occasionally, because if you do it all the time, it's there's no novelty in it. It's just what you do. You're um, so now a
0: donut eater. <laughs> just yeah, a donut like, eater.
2: You're eating what they ate for breakfast at the office in the 70s, coffee and donuts. like, mm. Bravo, you're <laughs> changing the game. <sighs> so
0: this 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 actually segues perfectly into... I'm going to say the main reason I had. I've I've been wanting to get you back on for a long time, but I saw something you did. It was a video on Jim Bros, shall we say, and their use of the term alpha wolf and lone wolf. And the reason I wanted to have you on is because sometimes I hear like a Steve Rinella podcast or a Joe Rogan or some of these other ones where they cover the history of an animal or a... um, the science behind why a predator is the way it is or something like that. And I thought, man, you did the video so well and the research was so on point that I kind of wanted you to come on and reiterate it for our listeners and anybody who had missed it. And that is for anyone using hashtag alpha wolf, hashtag lone wolf.
2: Which are dichotomous. They're the exact opposite. Okay. Um, Where should I start?
0: Right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. Phil, have you seen it? No. Perfect. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Um, let me pull up my article on it just to make sure I get the name right. Um, well, I won't name names because I don't remember the scientist's name. He's German. So in the 40s, when they started setting wolves or other herd animals or pack animals, um, they put wolves from different um, packs together and they noticed that some of them were fighting and they interpreted that as um, wolves are fighting to establish dominance in the pack and there will always be a struggle to be the dominant wolf in the pack so the the wolf charge is constantly trying to fight the the lesser wolves the beta wolves for dominance um in reality the wolves that were fighting were a male and female wolf, um, and they were trying to establish their own pack. So a pack is basically the father, the mother, and their children, cubs, uh, and their cubs. So when the male cubs are old enough to fornicate, is that the word? Yeah, that's a good word. You can use any <laughs> word you want. Um, you know, horizontal refreshment. Uh, <laughs> Once they're old enough to fornicate, they will go off and start their own pack. So wolves don't stay in packs with lots of different adults forever. They might have teens, but they've noticed that the research is showing, even since the 70s, it was outdated, that um, wolves don't constantly fight each other for dominance of the pack. The wolf in charge is not an asshole, or the wolf in charge is not a jerk constantly crapping on his lower wolves Uh, in fact it's the opposite so the alpha has to watch out for the part of the pack that can't take care of itself it will usually eat last to make sure the other wolves that didn't get the kill that can't get a kill yet are are fed so the alphas take care of the weaker wolves the sick wolves if a wolf is sick enough or you know bad bad juju it will go off on its It's a danger, it's flown, but most of the time it's weaker because it's very hard just by themselves to take down large games and turn into scavengers more than anything. So, like I said in my last video, an alpha wolf is not this guy who's constantly flexing his manhood around everyone looking for a fight. The alpha, in most herds or packs of animals, is very chill because he knows and proof thing it's the the wolves so to speak i think that's the term. that I feel the need to tell everybody like hey i'm tough like look at me i'm tough and i can kick your ass if i want to um that's not the sign of a leading animal in the pack it's the sign of someone who's trying to prove something but if you're the alpha you've already proved it and you need to let everybody know all the time that's about what i'm talking So,
0: the other, so t- the other thing you touched on was Sorry, uh, lone wolf, because that's another one people will see all the time.
2: Yeah. Um, so, the lone wolves in terms of people who use the term, or the actual wolves? We should probably go into He's people pra- who
0: use the term, and then what it actually means.
2: Okay. Well, when I see people use the term lone wolf, it's typically a grayscale or black and white photo with the hood up and headphones on. No offense, Well, I know you got headphones on, but no, hood, so you're good. <laughs> but it's just typically like, the, like, I don't care about the world, you know, no F's given. I don't care about anyone's opinion of mine. That's why I make four or five posts a day on it and tell everyone I know that I don't care what you think. Um, so people get into these sports Fringe sports, you know, we're all in a fringe sport. Even CrossFit is a fringe sport. It's the biggest strength sport right now, but it's still a fringe sport. So people get in these sports and it's like they get upset that people don't care about what they're doing. But most of the world doesn't care about what we do because it's not relatable. You can relate to running or a person doing awesome stuff on a playground gymnastic thing because you know how to move your own body. You know, even if you're very obese you can probably still walk around you know what it's like to move your body mm-hmm. but you do the lifting people can't relate you know a thousand pound deadlift yeah it sounds heavy but if you don't lift you don't appreciate it so people get mad that other people don't care about these sports even though you knew that going in so they try to come up with all these reasons why they don't care that you don't care but you do care because you tell us every day that you don't if okay, what's something you don't care about? Like actually, do not care at all. Like for me, it's Women's tennis. It. Men's tennis. How often do you tell people you don't care about tennis? Never. I don't <laughs> think I've ever, this the first time. First time. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care about fixing cars at all. I do not care about a V eight or a camshaft or a torque or something. I just don't care. Cars aren't my thing. And because I don't care about them, I don't have to tell everyone because I don't think about it. But the people who are the lone wolf types, they need to let everybody know how okay they are with people not caring about them. And that's not what an alpha wolf does. And that's not what a lone wolf would do. Lone wolves are not usually superior to a pack. I mean, humans... Elk, deer, cows, anything in the herd is strongest when it's in the herd because the herd works together. So, I have a lot more respect for people that know how to work with other people to get to the goal they want than trying to shun everyone to prove something, I don't know, to themselves. that doesn't matter to really anyone else if you do it on your own. You might be part of a cool meme somewhere, but really, most people find success. They work with other people. So the whole lone wolf thing, um, I typically tell people to not follow the outliers. If something works for 90% of people, you should do that before you try to follow the person that's doing the lone wolf round. I think I'm rambling. Um, Try to stay on topic. But yeah, a lone wolf is not something to aspire to be. It just tells me you don't know how to work with people. And working with people will typically get you what you want more than working by yourself. And if you are an actual loner, think about the kids in high school that are loners that like being alone. I liked being alone in high school. I didn't need to tell everyone all the time how okay I was with it just because I was okay. <clears throat> so don't be a
0: lone wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I... And I'll be honest, I'll, I'm, I I'm was ignorant to the term Alpha Met. I mean, it's been portrayed one way for this entire time that it really wasn't until I saw your video and you'd explain the research and everything that I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know what Alpha Met. And, and what I really like about it is, you know, Phil's got Alpha bow hunting, and I felt like, man, this perfectly, <laughs> perfectly fits, though. The term alpha, what you're talking about, it's someone who's looking out for everybody, someone who's making sure everyone's coming together, taking care of. I mean, it couldn't have, like, when I think of Phil and I think of your term of what an alpha is, that's exactly what I think about, right? Someone looking out for the family, someone looking out for any outliers, anybody who's might need some help coming up, anybody who needs advice. Phil is always there. You break your bow, you're out there somewhere with Phil, Phil's got you. You know, and that that was like, man, this is so perfect of a description. I wish it was
2: a little more widely known. Yeah, well, it's not as marketable.
1: That's Um, 100%
2: right. The whole American ideology is the Lone Ranger, the cowboy by himself. That's what our country is built on, is this idea of doing it by yourself, everything by yourself. But most people Mm -hmm. that are successful did not get there by themselves, whether it's their parents' money, an old business partner that they um, pretend never existed, or anything like that. Um, The country is built on this concept of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which is uh, a book series written in the early 1900s by a very wealthy man about how poor people can pull themselves up by the bootstraps. Um, But most success is not found working by yourself. Because, you know, the term autodidact, like self-taught, sounds nice, but if you don't have someone smarter than you telling you, wait, that's not right, you don't have any way to check your own learning because you don't even know that you're wrong. So um, I have a lot more respect for people that know how to work with other people. So I think what you said about Phil is right. An alpha is not someone who's looking for glory, basically. They're looking for... But they're looking out for the group. That's what I like. That's what an alpha is, because how would you be in charge of a pack of wolves if you only care about yourself? Why would they follow you? they get nothing out of it if you only worry about yourself. So like I said in my video, anybody can only care about themselves, but it takes a real leader to put the group first, because the group cannot take care of itself without a leader. As much as people like to say, I don't want someone in charge. I don't want one president. I don't want two parties. People as a whole have a hard time making decisions. So I like to use the Costco analogy. Costco sells one or two variations of a single item, that's it. Because they noticed they sell a lot more if they have two types of jam than a wall of jam. Like you go to Safeway, Mm -hmm. say a stoner goes to Safeway. (laughs) <laughs> want to buy some jam. There are so many options, people get overwhelmed, they don't know what to do. People need things broken down into very small parts so that thinking doesn't get overwhelmed and they don't make any decision. So, as much as people want to think, we're all rational, logical creatures. <clears throat> Groupthink tends to take over, you know, the collective consciousness takes over and people need someone in charge. So there needs to be someone who can look out for everyone. Um, in order to make
1: sure the group survives. Yeah, that, that philosophy really follows suit with so many things in life because you know, running the bow shop, right, it's people come into us and yeah, they want our expertise, but at the end of the day, if all I sold was <coughs> stuff that I use, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of sales, right, because you've got one option. So I've kind of taken the philosophy as much as I can, the same thing. I just want two or three options. I want not so much good, better, best. I want good quality products, but I want to be able to tell somebody, look, the difference between this product and this product is 50 bucks. So are they any better than each other? Eh, maybe a few extra bells and whistles, but you limit the options, and you're educated about that, and, and people seem to appreciate that because you've filtered through the garbage. Is kind of what it comes down to in a lot of cases.
2: Yep. Yeah. I mean, when I sell shirts on the site, I could offer a shirt on American Apparel shirts, Gildan, spread shirt, but there's so many options. People get overwhelmed. Their thinking gets overwhelmed. They just say, oh, forget it. I'll get it later. And then they don't get it. So um, you know, I think a good alpha keeps things simple for the group without negating or marginalizing people that can't um, make decisions for themselves. I don't remember who said it, but uh, paraphrasing, somebody said a society is judged based on how they take care of the sick and infirm. So if a leader only cares about himself, all of those people are screwed, left out in the cold. So I think to be a good leader, you can't think about yourself too much, even though it's fun. I don't know if I'm a good leader, but... <clears throat> I think it's good to be able to at least question yourself about these things. I think lacking the ability to question yourself um, is very bad, and it's a sign that you might have Dunning-Kruger. Do you guys know what that is? Nope. Not to, not to mansplain. Well, that's another good term. Uh, so Dunning-Kruger is basically a psychological term for people that are so stupid, they they don't even know they're stupid. You don't even have the capacity to ask yourself, am I wrong? So the chart looks like this, knowledge and time. So when someone does not, shoot, maybe I'm doing this wrong, but when someone does not have a lot of knowledge in something, sorry, knowledge, forget my hands, knowledge and confidence, When (laughs) when someone does not have a lot of knowledge on the topic, their confidence on the topic is up here because they don't even know that they're wrong. They just think that they're right. So the smarter someone gets, their confidence in the subject goes down until they're like a master and their confidence is up again, but it's not as high as the person who thinks that they know everything. So if you don't even have the capacity to question your own thinking, that is what Dunning-Kruger is. You're so dumb, you can't even know you're dumb because you don't have the capacity to entertain the thought that you could be wrong. So that's something I really try to work on for myself is, you know, if I think I hate somebody, now why, okay, why do I hate them? Do I actually hate them or do I hate them because my dad said something when I was little and I've just thought this forever without really my own opinion on it? Something like that. Sorry, yeah, just an example.
0: No, that makes makes a lot of sense. And actually I feel that way Every time I start a new sport, like when I started archery, I thought, oh, this this can't be that hard. You know, you hold it, you shoot it. Next thing I know, I'm on the bottom of that curve, thinking I just know nothing ever. I'm still down there, but, you know, I, I hope to be going up sometime soon. Well,
2: I mean, I think the ability to doubt yourself is a good skill, as long as you can not live in the doubt. So look at the CrossFit shirts. Whenever someone gets into CrossFit, it's like elite this, elite that, the socks, the shorts, the elbow sleeves, all of this. And the more someone does the sport, the less they feel the need to tell everyone they do it. Because you don't have to wear a bunch of fancy equipment like when you go to school. You don't have to wear board shorts. I did this. Oh, I did this. Wore board shorts in December and did handstands in the hallway at the community college when I first started CrossFit. Because um, I wanted everybody to know yeah bro yeah you did (laughs) but yeah i mean the longer you do something um you know the confidence in the way you talk about it tends to go down and you can entertain the thought of well here's here's what you can't entertain the thought that you could be wrong about the sport because if you're wrong about one thing that could mean you're wrong about everything it's like when people prop up a politician And no matter what evidence you show them, not naming any names, no matter what evidence you show them that the politician is lying, it doesn't matter. They can't have the politician be wrong in their mind because if he's wrong, then their entire belief system is shattered. Because if he's wrong about one thing, he could be wrong about other things. And people aren't perfect. It's okay to be wrong. You don't have to be right about everything.
0: I feel like that happens a lot in politics with almost every politician. It's like they can never admit they were wrong it was oh we didn't have this or that or it's mm-hmm. just like all right in in real life if phil walked up to me and i was like oh this arrow shoots this you know whatever it weighs this many grains and he showed up and said no here you go we put it on the scale it doesn't weigh that it doesn't go that fast your i wouldn't say well right? you see you know the problem with your scale is it's not calibrated
2: so, be like you're right phil i was wrong that's, <laughs> that's what i'm talking about um so people that that cannot entertain the thought that the person they look up to could be wrong about something. But just don't put the people that you look up to on a pedestal of perfection and life is a lot easier. Except keep me on that pedestal if you can. That's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, one thing I was wondering is, Bill, are you wearing your shirt tonight?
1: Which shirt? No, man. My one of my lift biggie big shirts? No. I oh, got a couple
0: of them.
2: I was looking for the Bicepticon one. <laughs>
1: that's, that's my shirt, man. <laughs> my, athletes,
2: my athletes hate those Transformer shirts, but they sell well. So you know. My kids,
1: my kids love it, man. I, I mean, my oldest is almost seven, my little guy's just a little over, little over two now, but he's he's all about it, man. He's like Transformers. So anytime oh, Dad can be a little cooler in the little guy's eyes, I, I go for it.
2: There's, that's the true alpha right there. <laughs> but there's Squattlebot,
1: uh-huh.
2: Biceticon, and what's the other one? Legatron. God. Legatron. So bad.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> here's, so here's my idea, and I keep telling Brandon this is what I want to see on like a kids or baby's onesie, and just be a cute picture of a Mouse and it says Jim Mouse. You know, kind of like he's not a gym rat yet. He's just going and hanging out with Dad. He's a gym mouse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good work. Good work. <laughs> it's on the
0: whiteboard. The, the little man. What What? What does on the whiteboard mean? So I tell him this. He, uh, He goes, all right, well, designs cost a lot of money, so I'm going to put it on the whiteboard. That's it. I don't know what the fuck the whiteboard is, but I, I don't even know if there is a fucking whiteboard, but apparently Brandon's putting it up on the whiteboard, which may mean, hey Will, great idea, but I'm not going to tell you you're an idiot. It's going on the whiteboard. No, I,
2: uh, one of my drunk purchases a couple of years ago was this retractable whiteboard, and the only use I found for it was writing big ideas on it that uh, I didn't want to throw away on a piece of paper, so it's on the whiteboard downstairs. Gotcha.
0: It's not thrown out yet.
2: No. But uh, it might get erased. I don't know. We'll see. I need to make sure it fits on a onesie and that it would sell to cover the cost of the design.
0: I'll buy one. I'm down for one. If you make it in two <laughs> colors, I'm down for two.
1: Wow. Done.
0: <laughs> Bill, you in for one?
1: I don't need one, man. What? I don't need one anymore. You got one little yet. Yeah,
0: but they could, go on, they could go on the little guy's no. t-shirts.
1: Oh, I mean, if they're on little guys' T-shirts, that's different. But you're saying a onesie. No, I'm saying and, both. Okay. Well, yeah. So uh, about a year ago, um, that is officially not medically t- supposedly possible for me anymore. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, little guys' T-shirts, not for sure.
0: You ever, you ever thought about that, Phil? You ever wondered, like, what, what if, what would you do? Just roll. If we- just What's roll, that? or would you just roll with it or you'd be like, We're going to get some tests done.
1: <laughs> no, we'd be testing. <laughs> yeah. We'd we be testing. That's
0: love. Are you gonna go to Strongman Nationals?
2: Me? Yeah. Uh no. No. I haven't competed in strongman this year. I'm focusing more on making money right now. Well, I didn't know if maybe you'd
0: you'd go as a vendor or something
2: like that. Um, I'm kind of getting away from the products part of the business. There's just a million and a half brands. So everyone can make a T-shirt brand overnight, a lifestyle brand um, with a shirt slogan stolen off of one of mine. So I'm focusing less on the merch side, more on the coaching side and the TV and video side because that's you – know, I like being paid to be me. That's nice. That
0: is nice all right
2: we got phil back
0: phil we've just finished shit talking people we follow on instagram the whole time you pick us so you didn't miss anything although i did turn i did turn brandon on to like the greatest fit chick to follow so there's that oh yeah yep Hated. yep i'll send you i'll send Hated. you the thing later
1: yeah, don't don't send me that, but send it, please. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah.
0: Don't send it. Don't.
2: <laughs> I got inspired to do more Fit Girl posts after looking at that. So
0: yeah. Why? Why has Fit Girl not been around so much lately?
2: Um, I just I ran out of. So if you've ever seen me do a post on anything, I will have thought of it about five minutes before I do it. So all those videos I make where I. You know, the monologues, I don't plan those. I don't have a speech or notes or anything written. I just do them, stream of consciousness. So any funny post I make is usually thought of right before I do it. There's no planning. That's just how I do things. So I haven't been hit with the inspiration lately on that. Um, but I think after looking at that profile. You're cured. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get talking. Let's get talking a little strength. Zercher squat. I have never done them, but I'm going to be reading your article on them and getting super curious about them. Uh, let's let's just dive into that a little bit. Try to educate me, please, if you wouldn't mind, on the zercher squat and why it's good for you and does not hurt your elbows.
2: Okay, so uh, zerker. Is that how you pronounce it? It's German. Reich. Yeah, it's, it's German. Uh, zerker instantly 10 points smarter. So um, Zerker squat, it takes the load, shifts it from your back or your front rack and puts the center of the load and gravity much lower on you. So uh, I first did these with Alana Casey when she was programming for me and that was a big game changer. I got up to 465 on the Zerker squat. Sounds nice until you watch Nick Best do 650 for like six, I and mean, then it doesn't seem so nice anymore. But basically, I a bar. How about an obsidian knife? So the zerker squat will go right in the crook of your elbow. Can you see that? Oh Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's held in the crook of the elbow. And there's a couple ways to do it. So some guys like to grab their hands. Um, I've noticed if I do that, it's harder to keep my wrists up or my fingers up. And uh, because I'm built like Ichabod Crane, my elbows will hit my knees when I go down. So I like to grab my thumbs So my elbows, go in between my knees, And the big thing with Zerkers for me is the unrack is the hardest part because you're going from no load to, oh, my God, there's 465 held in my elbows. So the unrack is hard for me, but it takes most, if not, I'd say 80% of the load off your back. I just programmed it for a client that has um, some pretty bad lumbar problems right now. She did about 80 reps on Zerkers, pretty heavy, no problem. So it takes most of the load off of your back. It's sitting in front of you, so it's like a, it's called a front stick, and that's what it feels like. Almost the entire load is purely on the legs. So it's really good uh, for people that might have trouble coming out of a hole of a squat or push Um And there's, you know, unless you have some some previous issue with your elbows or your forearms or your biceps. Um, you can't... Uh, you mu- I'm a, don't call me on that. The chance of tearing a bicep on a Zerker is incredibly small because you're not holding the weight in your hand extended. Yes, your elbow's bent holding weight, but it's not held in your hand. It's held in the elbow. So you aren't going to tear a bicep by having the weight in your elbow like this. So that danger is gone. Um, Like I said before most of the difficulty for me is the unrack. If I can unrack it and Descend with some pretty good speed. I will stand it up. Now granted. I am good I'm very good at obscure things. So I'm not great at actual competition stuff, but You know like a 230 235 axle snatch with no thumbs that kind of stuff. So the obscure stuff I'm good at I think that's why I'm good at Zerkers, too, but I would recommend them for anybody that wants to change up their squat, has some back pain, um, wants to improve stone loads or sandbag lifts, something like that. They look scary um, because you don't know how to do them. Once you know how to do them, you realize they're not very scary. Just like an axle clean press. It looks crazy. Even if you're good at it, it still looks crazy. But um, practice will make you better at it. But it's great uh, for quads especially. It's it's like the pump of a leg press in a few reps. It's pretty great.
0: I'm gonna try them. I'm gonna try them and actually I have a when you mention that thing about people who have lower back problems, I think there's I know a client who I might uh, have give those a try. That's a really great idea.
2: Um, Just make sure you don't teach like a quick bounce. You have to keep it controlled. Yeah, I'm going to have to try
0: myself first, I think, too, <laughs> Get, before I go, hey, here we go, new
2: thing. <laughs> with it's nicely safe. <laughs> yep. I, um, but uh, the thing before we move on is make sure you approach it so if the bar is in the rack, make sure you walk up, and the first thing you do, you set in your elbows, don't come under the bar, and then push it in because it might be sitting out here. So make sure you approach it like you magnetically attach it. And I like to grab my thumb, because you're gonna be keeping a better fist if you're squeezing something. So you're not really squeezing anything here. But if you're able to take your fingers and squeeze your thumb like a hook grip, kind of, I think you'll have more success with it. And how low does the bar go? Would you say when you have it on the rack, compared to your body? Uh, I mean, with with anything else, if you're unracking it more than a couple inches, you're basically doing a half a rep just to get it out of the rack. I would say um, it should be about two inches below where it's going to be when you stand up. So it'll be different for everybody, but you should have about this much space in between the bar and the pins, maybe. A little bit more than that, because when you rack it, you don't want to have to like heave it up to get it over the pin to throw the pins that come up coming up.
0: So it should be like it'll be between you know mid bicep to elbowish mm-hmm. height.
2: Oh, I would say, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um, right under the elbow. Right. Because if it's above the elbow, you might not take it out. <laughs> Lots of thinking. But yeah, um, I love that kind of stuff, especially stuff that I can use um, one implement for multiple things. So an axle is, is a great way to, to change up your training with the same implement. So axle deadlift, lift, axle pinion press, even axle strict press. I like the increased surface area of an axle versus a barbell. I had torn ligaments here and here, so I was only pressing axles for about a year. And the, um, the less direct pressure on one part of my hand really helped me out.
0: You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I had a cycle of a few weeks where I was doing axobar deadlifts, and all of a sudden, 225 for reps became really, really tough.
2: Yeah. I mean, even if you use them with straps... I do that, Um, it's in shows now. It's sitting farther off of your body. So you can't sit real low, which you shouldn't do anyway, right? Round your upper back. You shouldn't sit low on a barbell deadlift, it's not a squat, but with an axle, you're forced to start higher because it's sitting farther off of you, so it's gonna tax your hamstrings more. And the other thing with an axle, once you start getting up to like 315, is it doesn't bend at all. So you're lifting, let's say I do 650, on a barbell, like a Texas bar. It will bend, so I'm actually lifting the inside plates, and every time I get a little bit higher, more plates are coming off the ground. So I might be this far off the ground from the starting position where I'm actually holding all the weight because the bar is bending, so the plates are being lifted separately. But With an axle, there's no bend, so you're lifting everything at once. That is what makes it difficult, is you're lifting all of it right off the floor. That's what makes it awesome. Hmm. I mean, that's why Texas bar. Have you ever lifted on a Texas bar?
0: I have not lifted on a Texas bar. Are they the curvy ones that go kind of loose? A
2: Texas deadlift bar, I describe as a tuxedo that you use for special events, versus a beater bar. Okay, gotcha. Which is your button down in khakis. So, gotcha. uh, in a competition, a Texas bar. It's, it's a very expensive bar. It's twenty-eight millimeters. It's six inches longer because it's 20, 28 millimeters, so the handle is thinner, so it bends a lot earlier. So, you know, if you pull 585 on a regular bar, a stiff bar, that's why people put it in their videos, this was a lift on a stiff bar, because if you've ever lifted on a Texas deadlift bar, you know the difference. But let's say you pull 585, uh, 585 on a regular bar, you might do 6, 605 on a Texas deadlift bar. It's just not good to train that way all the time because it's kind of like training with raps all the time. You want to kind of train hard so you can compete easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh,
0: I, I, saw, uh, I saw. I think it was in the Arnold. They made the elephant bar. Was that one they were doing? It was like really long and bent a whole bunch what was the lift it was a deadlift
2: think mm-hmm. he was strongman
0: that. it was in the strongman section of the arnold this year
2: i'll have to check that out i haven't um yeah hold on one second i need to look that up so i know what you're talking about okay, yeah
0: geez. go ahead I, I i can edit this so it sounds like man this is one smooth conversation <laughs> right. We didn't look up shit. Bill's <laughs> ah. computer never
1: reset. <laughs> it's still. I had to get on a different computer. The sucker's still.
2: Oh, is that what happened? Yeah.
1: I've had shit. that happen before, man. It's a newer computer, and it's like you're not running the latest version. Boom, auto restart. It's. I, I didn't even. All of a sudden, the screen just went bl- black.
2: Did <laughs> yeah? I'm guessing that's why is um, because it bends earlier. Because strongman is all about helping the audience understand that this thing is heavy. That's the difference between lifting big containers of coins versus like 800 pounds of plates. Because you look at that and you can know that that weighs a lot. But a plate, if you don't lift, you. You know it's a weight, but you can't relate to it. So that's why it makes more sense for them to lift cars or the big atlas stones because the size means, okay, yes, this is heavy. So the, the bending bar will allow them to lift more weight, and it pleases the crowd. It's good to play with the crowd in Strongman.
0: Kind of like the, the bale tote yoke.
2: Yep, exactly. <laughs> or, or running with a freaking fridge on your back like they do in the 90s. They don't, do, they don't do that anymore? Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, when Kazmeier was doing it, he was running with a, a fridge on his back. It's pretty
0: impressive. You ever see the uh, video I think Rogue did with the Basque strongmen?
2: Yeah. That was That's pretty cool. That sport is thousands of years old. That's awesome.
0: Bill, have you ever heard of it? Nope. What it is, is it's a strongman geared towards farming every move they do or every uh, implement, I guess, they use has been designed or derived
2: from what they do farming. Huh. Yeah. 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 I mean, those are like, when I went to Iceland, I was trying to drive to Husafel to lift the Husafel stone, or AC, where they used to lift it. Couldn't get there. The pass was closed. But um, most of these strongman events originated in, like, manhood tests. So the the word for if you could carry the Husafell stone around the sheep pen in Iceland, you were full sturker or full strong. If you could carry a lighter one, you were like half strong. And then uh, there's this really light one. I forget the translation, but it basically translates to like wet noodle boy or something, <laughs> something like that. So most most of these events uh, originated just from um, like the axle. They used to actually lift train axles or car axles. So it was either farming equipment, uh, kind of industrial equipment, or general manhood tests from European countries. That's what Bass Stone Lifting still is. It's is like a manhood test, and they've been lifting that way forever. It's a very cool culture. They speak their their own unique Spanish-related language, too. It's pretty cool.
0: Dude, the Jusafelt Stone weighs
2: 418 pounds. Yeah, I mean, that's... We've done that. The one I have in my gym is 355, and I can do that. I was doing that cold two years ago. So it's – this one guy came in once. He was wearing khaki short, light loafers, and he got a hernia when he tried to pick it up. I don't know what he was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So so is the Hoosafelt stone, like there's this one stone, and that's what everyone's doing it on? Or is it like, all right, here's a bunch of stones in the field?
2: Well, there was the original Hussafel stone. It kind of looked like this, like a tombstone almost. You'd pick it up again, grabbing your thumbs, and you would just squeeze lean back, walk around this very large sheet.
0: But it wasn't like a man-made stone. It was just some stone some dude found. They were like, all right, here's the stone we're judging it by.
2: Yeah, it was just one stone. Now I think it's in a museum. It belongs in a museum. But yeah, it's um, one stone. Now they make stone molds and stuff based off the original Hussophel stone. But I think they added Hussophel to World's Strongest Man uh, when Magnuson was competing in it or when it was in Iceland as like a uh, tip of the cap. And now it's, it's a pretty common event. It's it, one of my favorites. It's a big I like main thing but, now. Yeah. I like events where the goal is to go until you pass out. Like with Conan's Wheel, that event is usually won by the person who is willing to pass out because it's sitting on your lungs. I like those events.
0: Conan's Wheel, I've never done that. It's like a Zerker.
2: Fixed weight in the center, big pole coming out, you pick it up in your elbows, you walk around, and the weight is suspended in the middle of the beam right here, so it's kind of like bouncing a little bit. So it does take a bit of balance and skill, but I love awkward stuff. You know, I used to do long distance swimming, so I've kind of developed the, the ability to leave my brain when I do stuff like that. Because if I'm in my brain thinking about what I'm doing, it's not going to quit. So if I'm swimming like a 1650 meter, I can kind of not be in my brain and think about what I'm doing. That's what I, that's what I like about it. Kind of like blackout on purpose. <laughs> I don't want to know what I'm doing. I just want to go until I, someone tells me to stop.
0: Just leave the body. So changing the subjects a little bit. American Tarzan. You know, a clip comes up if I search Brandon American Tarzan.
2: What well, hits the wall?
0: Yeah. That seems to be the most popular American Tarzan clip for some reason. Why well, don't
2: walk us through that moment a little bit? Yeah, well, I mean, they, they cut out a lot. I tried five times. Uh, I wish they would have shown the cave. I made a really great cave bed. had a coconut pillow. I mean, I slept very well. Um, there was a cave at the foot of the wall, so I made a, <clears throat> a coconut frond bed. took all my clothes off because they were soaked and I didn't have a fire. They didn't let me take my, um, shoot, I had my flint, I had my steel, they didn't let me take my char cloth. So I couldn't take char cloth, I couldn't make a fire with my like 200 year old flint and um, 200 year old steel, but I slept pretty much naked, tried three times the day before, the morning after I tried twice, but I don't think people appreciate being heavy and doing things where you can't use your whole body. Can I pull a fire truck? Yes, can I farmer 350 per hand? No problem. but it's different when you're trying to climb up the wall and all you have are your fingers. I don't have the dexterity you know of Maria or Jeremy. And we went over two waterfalls, back to back. one was on a log that you didn't see. It was sitting like this, and those things were like hall that was a very tall waterfall so I was having trouble opening or closing my hands I was going strong hand for a while Then we get to the wall and I just couldn't do it I didn't have the strength you know I'm not a, a runner and that's a, a running show I was bummed they didn't show my bed or my water filter trick I was dead.
0: what was your water filter trick
2: oh I uh the shirt I was wearing had a had a porous armpit for sweating and I didn't have any water filter tabs and I couldn't make a a fire to boil it so I took my shirt off I wrapped the porous part of my elbow over the mouth of the bottle and I filtered it through that because there was some serious voodoo in that water stuff floating around like crazy but it was a good experience it was a cool show it was Different being in a jungle than the woods around here. There's nothing to eat in the woods around here. But there it's just like doing exit interviews and coconuts are falling all around you from like 30 feet up. So it's nice to be surrounded by food. Every step you take, four or five lizards will shoot off. So that was cool. But it's not a heavy man's game. I was hoping we'd get to like... <laughs> I was hoping one that would be, like, cross this river and then go find a deadlift max in 10 minutes. but <laughs>
0: That's how I feel about training to hunt. <laughs> At some point here, we're just going to have to do some really heavy squats. Once. That never happens.
2: <laughs> that would be nice. It was a good show. Uh, the people that, that went far deserve to go far. Um, so I didn't again, I would need to lose a lot of weight. There's a reason why people that do that stuff are not 280.
0: Yeah, I don't know of anyone uh, summoning Yosemite at uh, 280. <laughs> is there?
2: Is there a Yosemite Summit? Uh, well, I
0: was thinking more like El Cap or you know any of the any of the faces in Yosemite that, that sense.
2: would yeah, uh, I tried to hike Mount Rainier after I put on my 100 pounds and it was hell. It's just
0: all that muscle takes up more oxygen, more blood, right? It takes a lot more to run.
2: We'll call it muscle.
0: It's all
2: muscle. (laughs) (laughs) All that gristle. Yeah, gristle. Yeah, I would do it again. Um, I think I would probably maybe like do one cardio session before I went. All I practiced was survival stuff. Um, How important was the survival stuff? Not, not important. Um, it was it was more about moving, um, so not important. It was a race. I think it's kind of hard to do a combination of survival and racing because if I was surviving, I wouldn't go over a waterfall, um, but. It was a race, so if I did it again, I would definitely train a lot more cardio stuff, for sure, for sure. So You're what do you ahead. have
0: uh, going on? Are you, you going to go out hunting this season?
2: I've been hunting like four times so far. I can only go for about 28 hours at a time just because of I have so many random jobs, coaching, TV crap, videos, cooking stuff, programming. Uh, stuff like that. There's so many random tasks that I can't be done for like a week at a time. So I've been bear hunting four, three times, three times this year in the past uh, month, I'd say.
0: What are you uh, hunting with? You want to see it? Yeah. Let's see your piece.
2: All right. It is an eight- sixty one Springfield muskets.
0: So, if only the smoke com- comes out and no bullets and the bare charges, you're just going to beat it to death with it.
2: Well, I got a 45 Colt revolver up there too, but this is what I take. So, percussion cap musket. That's pretty right. cool. 15 pounds. So, so nice. What? nice lightweight mountain rifle
1: what's your effective range with that piece there mine
2: yes i don't know arms reach maybe um (laughs) no i say say right now if you could put your mouth around the barrel if i'm hunting you that would be perfect but if not (laughs) maybe 80 yards but the reason i used to take my henry out is because everything around here is so thick even if your gun shoots like 800 yards, you can't see past 50, so that's why I'm yeah. using these. But this one, if you're good, 800 yards. There was a Civil War general that said, uh, don't worry boys, they couldn't hit an elephant at this distance, and right after that he was shot through the eyeball from about 400 yards away by the Confederate, <laughs> so pretty accurate. That's why there were so many casualties, because they were used to uh, smooth war. So this is 58 caliber, which is big.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It looks like a long-ass barrel, too. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a massive gun. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of gun for one bullet, but I want it to be difficult. I like, I like having to get close, having to stalk, um, and I like not having the option to, to take a second shot. I want, I want the difficulty of it. I don't use a scope or anything. Um, I don't know why. I just like, I like the challenge of it. But I might take the Henry out if I'm going deer hunting later. But I'd like to kill it with a, a black powder rifle if I could. That'd be pretty cool. For sure, man.
0: It's sure That's not cool. like uh, a lot of modern. Rifle, Black
2: powder rifles, you would see now. No. Um, and this guy, Bear Claw Leather, what's up? He made me this sweet cartridge box straight off the 1861 Soldier Manual. So you basically just make cartridges, stick them in there in these slots, and you stick them in the barrel and you're ready to go. So, Bear Claw Leather, check it out. But that was a pretty cool piece, so I'll use that. I might take the flintlock next week. That's 50 caliber um, for a little revenant action. Is it still bear season where you are? It'll be bear season until January. Um, it's oh, wow. super hot. Uh, well, I think January for all different types of you know, muzzleloader bow. Um, it's super hot. You can't take a step without something crunching, so it's really hard to sneak up on anything, and there is a forest fire. So, Damn. pretty bad year. You have about a 3% chance anyway if it's a good year, so quite a bad year. Hmm. I think I need to get rocking soon. Got any more topics
1: that you want to touch on? Phil? no man i'm good I, you know I, I know i missed part of the conversation i don't want to ask a stupid questions at this point no we
0: really did just talk about <laughs> girls on instagram i wasn't joking
1: <laughs> did, did you talk about the pose where the chicks like hold their boobs and they just like show their abs oh no <laughs> we didn't we missed that one that's like my favorite i mean they got they like to they, like, they gotta get them out of the way and show show the you, you know. got the bottom
0: <laughs> boobs you got the bottom boobs sticking out Yes. Right.
2: Yeah. Well I to do that, but like an cap. Like what are you holding up? There's nothing anyway.
1: I think it's fine. I've seen, I've seen some with a pretty impressive set of fakers up there that they're kinda like, you know, they don't squish, they just kinda like shift. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's no give. No.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean I might have to come up with some posts after looking at that that profiling. again.
0: Yeah, Phil, I got I got the perfect one. I will not send
1: you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm good. I uh, I haven't got a chance to check out the clips from the from the Tarzan piece you did, but I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it because Will's been telling me about it. I just I've been trying to get out hunting myself the last few weekends, so I've been cramming work and then getting out for two or three days and cramming work. So this is our last yep. weekend coming up for for a little while. So. Um, trying to get some some meat on the ground and uh, then kind of catch back up with life. Yeah, I hope you get something. Appreciate it. Oh, uh, I've got a bear bear tag, elk tag in the in the unit that I'm going to be going back to this weekend. So, are you, you going to get?
2: Is there grouse out there?
1: You know what? I saw one. And I and I have I've eaten up this area that we hunt. We usually hunt it every other year, just based off the draw. And I saw my first one this uh, this year up there and I didn't want to shoot it like I've never seen any up there, you know. So I, I but I did see one, it's all by itself. So first like I said, in that area, that's the first one I've seen. Mm-hmm. So
2: I love grouse.
1: Right, I know, I too too. <laughs> Especially off, in, right off a campfire. A,
2: yeah. What's that? It's dumb in the spring, but towards the fall. Like, in the spring, they're just hanging out by the side of the road. and you drive past them, but in the fall, it's like...
1: <laughs> You ever
2: see the...
0: Uh, I did a grouse film. Yeah. Grouse hunting film, did you see that?
2: It was fun. The... <laughs> How would it turn out?
0: It turned out good, man. Uh, a lot better than I thought. We compared to, you know, considering what we had filmed, uh, it turned out a lot better, and... Being up in those mountains, it was a totally different experience than I thought bird hunting would be, so that was kind of cool.
2: Yeah. I would like to bird hunt on some rolling plains or something. Yeah. I'm just tired of walking walking up. You wake (laughs) up at 5 o'clock, you walk up, like, I swear it's, like, this steep until about 5 o'clock, so sweating like a donkey, and then I have to sit there for an hour until the sun comes up. So I would like to hunt where I can just kind of – (laughs) <laughs> go for <That's> <laughs> sounds like cool man
0: alright on that note man we'll let you go thank you very much for coming on Phil you and I can finish up the commercials afterwards
1: for sure man we appreciate it
2: yeah thanks for having me again good to be here yeah we look forward to seeing the right fit girl post yeah oh, <laughs> alright guys have a good right one you too That's later brother
0: you. bye all right phil so question number one yo did you take the mavens out this weekend
1: oh i always take the mavens They're money I, I rocked the eight by 42s this weekend though a little more compact fit in the sm- smaller bino harness and uh for elk hunting it's uh to me that's that's they're, they're perfect you know uh steady in the hand a lot of times with the 11 by i have if I'm a little bit uh, hopped up, hiking up a hill, a little nervous, 11 buys sometimes just a little bit too much magnification. So having many in the arsenal is uh, is well worth it.
0: Do you customize them different, or do you stick pretty, sir, plain and tall?
1: The the 8 buys I have are the uh, – I don't know if it's one of their standard – like the gray with the orange trim, that's kind of one of their staple, I, I think. I think that is, yeah. Yeah, it's money. It's it's sexy, and uh, uh, they they just – I, it's funny because my pops, he's got some. I'm not gonna name the brand. It's a, a different brand, and he's we're looking at these elk way out on this other ridge that are on some private property, and he can barely see, you know. And I say here, and I hand him the Mavens, <laughs> and he said, "Well, what, how come your glass is so clear?" And I said, "Because they're better glass. It's a better it's a better product than what what he's got." <laughs> and uh he didn't want to give him back, man. He's sitting there scoping out that elk herd, you know, almost still dark, and and even in the low light, he's like, "I can see the big bull over there. I can see the big bull." I was like, "Yeah, you can." So, the money, man. I mean, it's a quality product. Great people at at, uh, at Maven, and and happy to be taking those with me in the field.
0: It's exciting when you can see something you couldn't before. Yeah. All right. I remember when I switched from my old binoculars, which were not great the mavens which i would consider really great and all of a sudden it was a different hunting experience
1: yeah no it is man even with the spotter and everything like i said it's it was uh from sheep hunt last year and i used some really good glass last year and going to the Mavens, it was like man i mean this is as good and you know a fraction of the price and it was uh it was awesome just you know picking up deer and everything um the a couple weekends ago we went on the trip with Braden. so um no happy to be uh like I said happy to be using that product and and like I said it's 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 easy to encourage someone to pick this pick up some Mavens or or consider picking up some Mavens because uh, it's it's just top notch all the way around
0: and if they do pick some up do you know what they do to get some free Maven swag
1: there is this uh, one famous promo code, I believe, that uh, the followers of the Natural Born Hunter can can enter, and um, to show show support for us and show support for for Maven, uh, NBH Gift, I believe, is the uh, code.
0: That's right, NBH Gift. That's right, one promo code to rule them all. That'll get you some free Maven swag, if and when it's, you decide is, to uh, order something.
1: It's pretty sweet. Uh, I'm right. wrapping some myself right now.
0: That is a nice-looking hat. I have that hat. I like it. Yeah, Good hat. Yeah. You know what the else? show. You know what else has some good stuff? Tell me. Mountain Ops. Uh, have you uh, tried the
1: Peach Enduro yet? No,
0: I actually, I have my cart. It's open right now. I was going to order that, and I was going to get myself a new Mountain Ops hat and maybe a T-shirt because they came yeah. out with that new Africa T-shirt, and I saw, it said, the Mountain Ops vault. And I've been playing phone tag with Jordan because I want to find out. Is the Mountain Ops vault inspired by the Disney vault? Will this t-shirt be Uh-oh. going back in the vault for a while? So I'm trying to get a hold of him, get him on. I have a lot of questions to answer or get answered. So, But in the cart right now is the Peach Enduro, which I'm really looking forward to uh, try.
1: It's money. Is uh, it? It's money, man. I mean... So, let's just you know because we are honest on this show and it's a no bullshit show, right? Right. Right. Um, Out the gate, the the first enduro that came out, the 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 initial flavor was it was okay, right? It was it wasn't great. It was uh, it was decent, but I never took a lot of enduro. Be honest, I
0: was more of a yeti man. Like let's bang it, put that crack in my veins.
1: Yeah, but it, it was one of those things that sometimes I would actually supplement the the flavor part of the, uh, the drink with something else just to make it taste a little better. Really. And then the raspberry came out, and it's like the raspberry standalone was good, right? It was mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. And then when I stopped in oh, a month or so ago at uh, at the Mountain Ops headquarters, and and I got to sample the peach, I was like, I need to have the peach. Some peaches going home with me, and it did. And it's it's. It's really good. I like having two flavors now just because, uh, you know, you bounce back and forth and it, it always, it's like, oh man, this is really good. And then you bounce back to the other flavor and it's like, yeah, this is really good. So, so when you need you to taking, have some. when are you taking the Enduro? Or? You know, like mainly for when I've been up hunting, I usually, you know, I feel the Nalgene in the morning and I throw the Enduro in the morning. Usually what I'll do is I'll put, uh, I'll mix some Yeti and Enduro like right after lunchtime. A lot of times I get, when you're getting up so early in the morning, we're getting up sometimes at 4.45, 5 o'clock in the morning and getting stuff together and then start hiking wherever we're going to get going to. And uh, usually around that right after I eat, I start feeling tired, like I can take a nap, you know. And I don't like to sleep in the woods just because you never know when something's going to be moving, right? So I usually mix a little Yeti in the Enduro after lunchtime in the bottle again, and and that's what I kind of rock for the afternoon. So that that's when I usually take uh, both of those supplements.
0: Now, are you going full scoop?
1: I w- yeah. So when I'm t- when I'm mixing my thirty my my bottles are thirty two ounce Nalgene, and I'm mixing a full scoop of Yeti and a full scoop of Enduro. So it's a little bit on the sweeter side, mm-hmm. but um, I come to play, man. I, I'm 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 all in. You're not messing around. I'm not messing around.
0: You see, I'm not even to the point where I full scoop Yeti yet. I always no. do like a three quarter at most. That's uh if I'm going full scoop, I gotta be going in there to not really get after it. Yeah, to really get after it. I'm not messing around if I'm gonna go go yeah. with that much. I'm like, all right, we're gonna get some serious weight movement done. And it's gotta be like squatting, deadlifting, Olympic lifting, something where I'm really gonna wanna be super focused in just crush some weight. And I've actually had some really good training days recently uh except for today and no amount of yeti could have saved me today uh, <laughs> it was like it, it was just like i was getting beat like a redheaded stepchild in there today my lifts i had some power cleans or some hang cleans to do i couldn't catch shit man i couldn't catch it i couldn't have caught a cold in there and missed my cleans I then had to do some push press. I had to back down way on the weight because my shoulders were just – my body was just beat up today. And then I had a workout, and I did really good in the workout. But it was like a short three, like one-minute, less-than-a-minute, 30-second workouts, so and you had three minutes of rest in between. And so I did what I felt like was pretty good at that. But everything else, my body, just I've been going hard, man. The rest hasn't been – where it should be, but then again with a four month old, almost four month old baby in the room. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And you yeah. know, no excuses. You gotta play like a fucking champion every time you step out there. And I'll tell you what, there's been a few false starts with the Yeti where I thought I was gonna get a workout and the, you know, I've got the baby with me and he wakes up or needs something going on. Next thing I know, I'm feeding him that bottle like he's in a fucking NASCAR <laughs> driver need those supplements as fast <laughs> as possible. Like, come on, baby, get this mm-hmm. down And then, you know, happens, the workout doesn't happen. Next thing you know, I'm back in the office like, all right, all right, let's create a flow chart. We're going to get a flow chart going. We're going to start doing this (laughs) stuff. We're going to change this over here. It's like I really need it, need to take it when I really need to take it, not any other time. I'm
1: going to make you one recommendation. Yeah, what's that? Stay away from Seattle, (laughs) Viagra. Just stay away from it, Will. I'm not saying you need it, man. I'm not saying you need it, but, you know, if, if you got timing issues with the yeti, uh, it six, might be bad. Six hours later, yeah,
0: Six <laughs> hours later, I'm calling somebody. Ah, uh, yeah. So got this crazy pump going on. Let's throw some ice.
1: On.
0: First, first call I'm gonna make is Jordan Harbertson. Be like, yep. hey, you ever hear of anyone getting such a muscle pump the muscle won't go down?
1: <laughs> so if somebody wants to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, entertain <laughs> looking into said supplements. You yes. Know, Enduro Yeti, yes. of course. Or get some uh, really
0: cool gear, man. Their gear is on point. They have just been blowing things out of the water with their designs I
1: lately. The, I got the red Mountain Ops shirt. It's kind of like the Crooked Mountain Ops on there. That's money. The but red? They got like got the blue and the red. And the, yeah, they got the couple and there's different green. colors on there. Yeah, I
0: only didn't get the red. I think I'm going to get the red.
1: The red's money. That's uh, I dig it. But, yeah, so... At checkout, Will, how can people get a awesome discount?
0: NBH20. And I know someone actually messaged me last week. Said, coupon code's not working. It's only, like, giving me $4 off. So I said, I am going to call Jordan Harbison right now. Next thing I know, Jordan says, we are on it. So it's supposed to be fixed. I'll have I, to check. Actually, I'll have to check it out when I do this order. Make sure it's all is.
1: caps, because I had somebody message me, too, and they said the code wasn't working. And I told them, are you entering all caps? And they said, no. I said, enter Ah. all caps, and it worked. So, NBH in all caps, 20. Get you some discount, get you some mountain ops, and uh, get you some gains. Some gains. So So, you do some fit chick posts. (laughs) <laughs> get my boobs out of the way and yeah. show you, show you got some nice some abdominals you
0: got some nice you got some nice boobs phil shows those alpha abs
1: yeah yeah maybe maybe tomorrow will all right brother i'll be looking for it on the
0: instagrams you can follow <laughs> phil at alpha Hunting. Well, I think it's Phil Mendoza
1: on Instagram. Yeah, Phil.mendoza, and then I've got the Alpha Bohanks. So I, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do. I got two pages and and I know that
0: You really only I need think, one.
1: I know the the one I think I'm gonna save more of the Alpha is gonna turn into more just of highlighting the events and and uh promoting for the events and then just gonna run my personal page.
0: Yeah, I was doing that oh. with a personal page in Natural Born Hunter, and then I realized. I'm just going to post cute baby pictures on Natural Born Hunter. Fuck it. I don't
1: care. Duck <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh, right on. <laughs> if you don't like
0: a cu- cute baby, go fuck yourself.
1: No, I, I, everybody likes it, man. Every, everybody, you know, the That's baby picture gets
0: the most play. That's right. That's my gym mouse. Oh, dude, I'm stoked to take him hunting. I'm taking him this year. Uh oh. Go, we're going to sit in the, uh, we're going to go sit. at have this big, uh, like, I call it the Tower of Power. It's like a 4x6 on uh, some 6x6s, six and it's got, you know, like a shed roof, some chairs up there. I'm going to take him and mama. Even I don't even care <laughs> if he, if all the dough run off because he's doing whatever, but, but we're going out.
1: No, that's cool. That's very well, better. all right. It's time, man.
0: Yeah, it's that time. So thank you for listening to the Natural Born Hunter podcast. Wake up, chase your dreams. Repeat. Right on. Just throw some guns in the air. <laughs> that was a good one, dude. I'm glad we did it.